<clears throat> I have to say I was I was rather sad not to be here last week. I I was excited by the opportunity to be with our brothers and sisters at uh, Good Shepherd, but I was very sad to miss the the baptism that happened. And I'm I'm sure if if you all were here, that hopefully at least you you found it as a very moving experience to see, but also to experience uh, a baptism being done in a different language. Uh, that's not something we normally get to get to see and be a part of. And something that I love so much about it is, uh, and I love so much about being a Christian in Seattle and being connected to other ethnic groups in the church is just we get a small glimpse of the vastness of God's kingdom and the amount of different people that make up the body of Christ. That we live uh, in a time where we are able to connect with each other around the world, where we can actually get a picture here in the United States and in Seattle of what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. And it means being a part of a people that stretches beyond the nation, stretches beyond our background, stretches beyond our history. Now, certainly as Lutherans, we, we struggle a little bit with uh, being okay with other groups and nationalities uh, becoming Christian and becoming Lutheran, just as long as eventually they start to look and act a little bit like us. But hopefully, as we saw the amazing similarities between the Tigrinya service and our service, we also saw the way in which they bring something different to the table of the people of God, their dress, the looks, and their language. Now, I bring that up because uh, as we were going through our reading in Acts today, Acts chapter 10, it starts to begin our understanding of how the gospel stretches beyond just the Jewish people, but into the rest of the nations and into what for all of us, as far as I know, are Gentiles. And even for those who gathered last week to celebrate a baptism in the Tigrinian language, also Gentiles. Whereas before that, that the people of God segmented themselves off and as part of their misunderstanding even of the covenant in the Old Testament, refused to connect to others, in the gospel, the floodgates have opened up for the mercy of God to pour out no matter who you are in receiving it. Now, uh, this past couple of days, Friday and Saturday, I, uh, I had been asked to serve for the district on, on a floor committee for the convention and uh, what I believe came to experience a little bit of what being tortured is like. <laughs> now, as, as I was going through that process... Uh, I took the train down to Portland and took it back. And, and I, I love being able to do that. And on the train, I, uh, I was in a car with someone who had experienced a car accident three years before this. And the car accident had rendered her uh, with a bit of a, a brain injury to where that she could understand everything you were saying, but her ability to respond in language was difficult. And without ever uh, talking to her, you would not know that this was the case. Everything else, her physical abilities were fine. 
But, of course, naturally when you sit next to a pastor, you begin to feel like what torture is because they're going to talk to you. So I, I tried talking to her and, and um, over time realized the situation and, and she was able to get out enough words to explain some of this to me. And it got me thinking as I was hearing that. That even though we are people who have progressed in so many ways scientifically, and we have progressed so many ways in our intellect and our ability to tolerate and understand many different things about different people, that there is still always a part of us that uh, finds itself easily oppressing or separating those who cannot match up to our abilities. And watching her interact with other people and her have to figure out how to navigate traveling for the first time by herself showed me just the ways in which we still as a society and as a people make it very difficult for anybody who does not match up to ourselves. Uh, maybe you are someone I do not have to make a case about this too, and, and maybe this is a shock to some of you. And Maybe it takes an experience like watching somebody that has gone through that to see the ways in which this is true. But for me, as someone who, who has come from a white, middle-class background, seeing someone else who came from the same background I did being put through such hardship, provided for me the opportunity to see something that may not have been seen before. It provided for me the ability to see that as we in the church speak about the vastness of the people of God and the way the gospel has broken down the divisions and the segments we create, the world, through all of its attempts, will never be able to do it on its own. And you, you can guess already that as this sermon is going along, you may have already picked out where it's ending. If you've been in the church long enough, maybe you can. But something that is a surprise to us is that the world tries to mimic what the gospel has already done. And it tries to do it by removing the gospel from its formula. And the way it preaches and it talks about it is this, that if you are somebody, you are worthy to be treated right, as long as it doesn't matter to me. As long as it doesn't influence me. Meaning, so the only way that I can allow you to be important is by not caring anything about you at all. So now we have the statements that are put out there before the rest of us to go and to do as you please because that's what it means to love. That's what acceptance looks like without the gospel. And to make statements like that is to actually not care for the well-being of the person around you. But here in the gospel, as it goes out into the world, it goes out in such a way that it shares all that Christ has done with every person. 
regardless of where they come from, regardless of what their background is, regardless of what their status in society is, whether they be poor or rich, whether they be healthy or unhealthy, whether they be someone who is vastly educated and someone who had to flunk out at a very early age. It doesn't matter. And as the gospel comes into our lives, it unites us with each other and it unites the way in which we treat and care for one another. Paul did not continue on in his ways of persecution and killing. But rather, because of the gospel, he found reason to not only stop hurting other people, but to start talking about ways to protect them and care for them and to follow God's law. The centurion that is spoken about right before this in Acts chapter 10 continued about his business of being someone, but as doing so, looked to find ways in which he was able to be a productive member of society and caring for those around him. It's really distracting to watch toddlers fall. The dad part of you comes out. Yeah, that's caring. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So in the gospel... We, as the divisions are broken down between nations and backgrounds and people, we find that the reason for us to care and love for one another grows. And if anything is known about caring for each other, we know it's tiring. We know it's hard. We know it's difficult. We know it's exhausting. We know that it is going to cost something of us. Something about being, being a dad also, other than watching toddlers fall and worry, is that you start to remember suddenly all those songs you learn as a kid. Uh, the ones that you've forgotten or have tried to forget. And so you, you eventually get tired of, of singing Jesus Loves Me, which I know, I know is <laughs> sad to say out loud. <laughs> But another song <laughs> that you find to try and replace for it is a song that you might remember. And, and uh, Marcus and I had, had the pleasure of listening to one of our brothers preach on this earlier this week and, and reminded so many of us of it, the, the song, um, uh, God Loves All the Little Children. Do you remember this song? And do you remember how it goes? Whether they're yellow or white, they are precious in his sight. Right? And the reason why we start teaching this to the children is is to teach them about Acts chapter 10. That the gospel did not stop at the boundaries of the Jewish people. But the church, in seeing the response of even the Gentiles, found who could dare stop them from being baptized. For look how the Spirit falls on even them. And so no matter the background that these children are coming from, whether it's from Asia, from Africa, from the United States, from South America, from all over the world, they are precious in God's sight. 
And certainly today, maybe you are someone who does not struggle with the sin of prejudice. Maybe you are someone who has been able to be raised and set aside all of that racism. But certainly there are things that enter into our life that stops us from seeing others as God's precious object. Maybe it is the person who has been maimed or hurt or handicapped for whatever reason. So that as they grow old, we just find reason for them to be kind of pushed aside and forgotten. Maybe you are someone who sees just the way that children do not behave, cannot stay in the pew. And so we hold that against them and find reason for them to be out of our worship service and in the back, if you please. Maybe you are someone who struggles with those who've made choices in their lives that have led them down a path that is both unrecognizable to you and distasteful. Seeing it hard for a reason for us to send missionaries into the clubs to find these women. Whether they are red, yellow, black, or white, rich or poor, oppressed or powerful, they are precious in God's sight. Maybe, maybe it's someone in your life who represents the other side of the aisle and holds it against you for being on the side of the aisle that you're on. And of course, you don't do the same to them. But maybe we do. And even that simple thing can draw such a division that it is hard for us to see them as somebody who is precious in God's sight still. And more importantly, if they are a brother and sister in the faith of the ways in which you are to love and care for them. Whether they are red or yellow, black or white, rich or poor, Democrat, Republican, or right in the middle of independent, or libertarian, They are precious in his sight. (laughs) Because look how the Spirit falls. Look at even the reaction of the apostles in being so amazed in the way the power of God continues to work. That these are men who had walked with Christ, they had talked with Him, they even call themselves to be ones who were blessed to have eaten with the Lord themselves. And even upon seeing the way in which God's love stretched beyond themselves and stretched beyond all the people they would think, they themselves were shocked. And maybe we need to be shocked again. Or maybe we need to be amazed in which the Word of God can be spoken in other languages and still fall with this power of the Spirit. I tried to think of a way to challenge you at the end of this. I think the challenge itself is in the text. The challenge of itself is the fact that we come up with songs for the very little ones among us to start learning this. And we find even as we go into our 20s or our 30s or into our 80s and 90s that this is still something that is hard for us to see and understand. 
that this is something for us that is hard for us to reach beyond just our one chair here in the sanctuary. So my challenge is for you to remember both the amazement of the apostles in seeing the way God works, but to also open your eyes and to see the way in which God works in those around you now. Whether it is the Mexican worker that's working on this building, whether it's our Eritrean brothers and sisters down the hallway, whether it's the woman who cannot speak sitting next to you on the train, whether it's a noisy child just brought into the family of God, whether it's the old widow who sits hoping to be remembered in the people of God, see how the Spirit has fallen on them. See those who are different from you and act in true love with them, showing them care in speech and in truth not watering down a word that Jesus has ever spoken, but presenting it to them in the most loving and reasonable way possible. So that upon hearing the word of God, the Spirit's work begins. You are the missionaries of this time. You are the Gentiles in this place. You are the people that Christ has placed of the faith in Seattle at this time. In being just that, begin with remembering how the Spirit doesn't stop with you, but goes beyond the borders and the divisions that man creates. Amen? Amen.